welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hello, and welcome to episode 219 of the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm so glad you're here today, and I'm excited to help offer you some hands-on, tangible tools that you can implement today with your toddlers to help engage with them more in their play, in their learning, and in their socialization. We had a great response to Ayelet Marinovich's episode uh, like a month or two ago, um, talking about speech development. And today I'm talking with Autumn McKay, who's going to talk more about activities to engage in with our young children what to do with them, how to implement it, how to use the things you already have around your home. She's going to talk about the resources that she's created to take the guesswork out of playing with your toddlers and what that can really yield in them long term when you invest in them in the short term. It's a really great conversation. I loved getting to know Autumn and I hope this conversation will benefit you as well. So let's get to it with Autumn McKay. All right. I want to welcome Autumn McKay to the show. Hi, Autumn. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Where am I speaking to you from today? Uh, I live in Georgia. Oh, awesome. I'm in Southern California, all the way on the other side. Are you getting a lot of ice right now? Uh, Yes. We actually still have a little bit of snow on the ground. Wow. And is that unusual where you live in particular? Oh, very. (laughs) Well, it's kind of fun then. Maybe a little bit of a novelty for the first few days. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm really excited to chat with you about your motherhood journey, your background, and the area of motherhood that you feel most passionate about. So we're going to get to that. Will you just give me a little background on yourself and your family? Yeah. Um, So I've been married seven and a half years, and we have three kids. Um, Maddox is four. Easton is two, and then Payson is six months old. Um, And we live in Georgia, like I said. And we did live in Oregon uh, for the first year and a half of our marriage, and then we got to move back close to family in Georgia. Um, And then I taught in the classroom and online for five years before I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And um, I'm certified to teach early childhood education in Georgia, California, and Colorado. Awesome. That's so great. And what was your experience, the difference between teaching other people's children and then once you had your own? Did that change your perspective at all? I was a former teacher and gosh, my perspective shifted after I had my own. And I'm like, oh, like asking parents to do homework with their kids is not like an, just an easy gimme task. <laughs> like, that's right, tough. And yeah. I didn't have that compassion. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, your patience might be like a little shorter with your own kids Mm -hmm. than it is with other kids. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, it's really fun to see like when they grasp something that you're trying to teach them or that you've been trying to teach them for a few weeks. Um, and that's the same in the classroom as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So early motherhood for you, what did you love most when you first became a mom just four years ago? And what was the hardest part that you faced? Um, I love all the snuggles, the baby snuggles Mm -hmm. and the giggles. Like all of all of my kids now are, um, 
interacting with each other. Like Maddox yeah. and Easton will carry on a conversation, and that's so fun to hear them like just talking about random stuff. Like the other day, they were talking about their nap time that they had, um, and then like they all sit and play on the mat and giggle at each other, just like silly things. So that's I love to hear the giggles. That's so um, fun. <laughs> and then the hardest part, I think like when I first became a mom is getting into a routine. I'm very structured and organized and I love routines. Um, so it was very hard to like figure out a routine with a newborn cause obviously they don't start out on a routine. Um, and so once we got into that routine, it was, became a lot easier to adjust and then like always, getting out the door on time is a difficult task. Absolutely. And especially like when you add another kid to the mix, mm-hmm. it, it just, you have to learn how to get out the door on time again. Yeah, no, absolutely. You need to add about 15 minutes per child, you know, to, know. before getting out the door and even setting your clocks back sometimes. It's no easy <laughs> there, thing. There's always like, oh, I need to go pee pee. And I'm like, oh, we had everybody dressed. Yes, the blowouts always happen right before you're about to walk out the door and need to have everybody dressed. That's the way it always goes. I know. Perfect timing. It's so true. And so something that you're really passionate about is being more deliberate with the activities you do with your children. We actually had another guest on um, a couple months previous, Ayelet, who talked about um, intentional activities with even your babies, you know, at, as early as possible, interacting them with them, engaging with them, and up through toddlerhood, because her vantage point of speech and language pathology, you know, building that language and everything is just so critical. And we know that the language skills, the social skills, these are the formative years. And so what were you seeing in with your children, and how did you become so passionate at being really intentional? And what kinds of things did you start doing, and at what age, with your kids? Um, I would do, like, little bitty activities every now and then with um, Maddox, like, on until he was 21 months. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really became intentional about doing daily activities when he was about to turn 21 months. Mm-hmm. Cause I saw like his interest in things develop and he was starting to pick up like two word sentences. Um, and he was really interested in like colors and shapes at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I'll take advantage of this and we'll actually learn them. Um, so I start, I like sat down and looked through like all of Pinterest and the internet and everything and came up with like little, like 10 minute activities to do with him, Mm -hmm. um, that would focus on learning one color a week. And so it was a really nice break from our everyday playing with toys. And I I don't like to do a lot of screen time with my kids. Mm -hmm. So I got honestly really bored playing with the same toys like every day so it was a nice break for both of us to introduce something new and to make it educational for him as well and then the same with Easton and Payson hasn't started activities yet but (laughs) yeah I love that and I love that it is just kind of mixing it up from the mundane because you're right. right, like, I don't love playing characters I for long <laughs> periods of time again and again. I don't, you know, th- that's just not my strengths. But when I know that I am really giving them intentional one-on-one time that is not only enjoyable for them, but also building their knowledge base, social skills, all of that, and it's a special bonding time for us, right. it's like hitting all the bases. So can you tell me what some of those activities look like? 
Yeah. Um, so, like, since they're four and two, their attention span is not very long at all. So I try to make all the activities ten minutes or less. And then Maddox, sometimes, since he's older, he can focus for about 15 minutes on things that he likes. Um, so I try to make them short activities and hands-on because, like, what toddler or preschooler wants to sit and color for 10 or 15 minutes every time. Um, and so like with the colors activities, like I'll do, um, playing in yogurt, like that, the colored yogurt. So like red week, we play in red yogurt Mm. or, um, for some of our ABC activities, um, like this week was J week. So we did, I put, um, I wrote J's on a post-it note and stuck them like all over our floors and had them jump from J to J and say the sound, J, J, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then I do have like some activities where they'll color or, um, use cutting skills and cut things out and things like that. That is so fun. That sounds so enjoyable. What's your policy on like messy sensory activities? Like I'm a non-glitter mom and even non-Play-Doh for a lot of of their life because it just doesn't feel worth it to me and they get it at school, in preschool that I send them to. So what's your philosophy on that type of thing? You know, getting beyond just the coloring activities or tracing and things like that. I am all about controlled mess. So like if, if I'm doing... Uh, a messy activity, I like to be able to do it outside or in the bathtub so that it's an easy cleanup process. In the bathtub? Yes. Oh, don't they have even like bath paints or something yes, that's like meant do. for the bathtub? And so it's like super easy to clean. You know it's going to wash off them and the tub. Oh, that's genius. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, because when you have carpet and you have that first tub of play-doh smushed in you're like that's it I'm done I'm never doing this again (laughs) I'm sure you had those experiences too based on your background you're the perfect person to come up with these activities and thankfully you've gone the extra step for non-creative moms like me that we can look to you as an inspiration and implement the activities you've created so what have you created as a resource for moms um so I have two books um it's toddler lesson plans learning colors and toddler lesson plans, learning ABCs. And um, so there's like a PDF version on my website. And then there is a Kindle version and a like physical book version on Amazon. Okay. That's so awesome. And so what age would you say these books are geared towards? What, what range do they cover? Uh, for the colors book, I recommend 18 months to probably three. Mm-hmm. Um unless they haven't learned their colors at three yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the ABCs, I started ABCs when my kids were two. And um, and so you can start it as early as two if they're, like, interested in letters. And then probably all the way till five. Okay. That's so awesome. And sometimes it feels like if your child's already going to preschool and things, like maybe they're getting enough of that. But really reinforcing that through through play. And it's not like you're sitting them down with a worksheet and you're forcing them right. into academic activities. That's not developmentally appropriate for that age. Right. But, but introducing those, showing them that it's in the world around them, you know, getting them moving, like the jumping on the post-it notes or over the post-it notes. 
you know, it's just a fun way to mix up playtime. And I love this resource for giving us ideas to do that. And of course, you can tweak it based upon the age and stage and interest mm-hmm. of your kids. That's awesome. Thank you. That is so great. So what gave you the idea to actually create a book centered around these activities? Uh, it was actually my husband's idea. Um, he saw that Maddox was actually like really learning the things I was teaching him and doing so well with it. And he saw that I had already typed up basically lesson plans for these activities. Mm. So he's like, why don't you like share it with other moms and create a book? I was like, are you kidding me? No one wants this. And, um, he was like, just try it. And so I did. And people wanted it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's so great. And so for people that are wondering where they can get it, where can they get the book? Um, on my website at Mm bestmomideas.com, there's a PDF version there. Um, and it's a little cheaper than the physical book. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if you like the physical copy of books, then those are available on Amazon. And there's a Kindle version on Amazon as well. Amazing. I love that. That is so great. So there's probably a mom listening that thinks like, well, I'm passionate about a certain aspect of motherhood. Maybe it's not toddler activities. Maybe it's cooking activities with your kids. Maybe it's fitness. Maybe it's, you know, you're an expert on reading with your children. Whatever it is but they're not really sure what to do with that passion. Would you have certain advice that you would give to moms that that are passionate and are, you know, quote-unquote experts in a certain aspect of motherhood and they're just not sure what to do with it? Yeah, uh, so I would recommend, like, writing down the idea so that you know exactly what your thought is um, that you want to create or mm-hmm. pursue. Mm-hmm. And then... I would ask friends and maybe even some random people if they would be interested in this idea or product. Um, and I wouldn't ask family because they probably aren't uh, willing to tell you the truth. They'll probably just like agree that it's a great idea. Because <laughs> you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they love you. Um, and then I would do some research to see if there's something out there like it. Uh, And you might find like three different things while you do your research. You might um, find that it's not really a big market for that that item. Mm -hmm. Um, You might find that there's something like it, but you have a better idea for it. Mm -hmm. And so you could pursue it. And then there might already be something out there like your idea or product. Um, So if, if you find that, you could still pursue your idea after doing research, then I would use um, Google Keyword Planner and look for keywords that people would search for it and see how often like those keywords are searched during the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if it's still a good idea after you see that you're, it would get a lot of traffic, mm-hmm. then I'd figure out a way to test the market like through Facebook or Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I actually had an idea that I thought would be a great idea um, after I wrote the books. And so I was in the process of testing my market on Instagram. And I posted a picture of it and, like, said, send me your email if you want a free prototype, no strings attached or anything. And I only got three email addresses. So I decided Hmm. not to pursue that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a really good way to, like, see if, if it would be... Um, a good way to make some extra money by sure. testing the market. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to go to all the effort of creating something if there's really not a demand or desire for it. Or maybe, you know, your vision is kind of short-sighted, but by getting the opinions of others, it can kind of expand on that initial idea that you had and tweak it according to, to what that need is. And, you know, if you're always getting complimented on, you know, your kid-friendly meals or your toddler activities, whatever it is, Think about what people are noticing in in your life and what you're really right. good at. Uh, and that can kind of clue you into an area, a specific area that, oh, maybe I have – I add value in a different way than maybe a lot of other moms. Because when it's just your normal, you don't always realize, like, how good you are at something, you know, and how valuable that could be to somebody else where that's not their strength. But they would love to learn from you and, and utilize your your expertise in their own home. You right, know, yes. and, and so if you asking. don't try something, then you won't ever have the option of succeeding at something. Totally. Absolutely. And even like during the summertime and things like that, hosting little, little play groups at your house, cooking classes. I mean, parents love, you know, getting their kids engaged in other ways, especially when it's not something that they're really gifted at. And so, mm-hmm. you know, opening up your home and, and experimenting that way can be a great way to just kind of put feelers out there and, and see see what works really, right? Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. So do you have any any dreams or any plans for any more books or any other any other projects? Um I have a few things uh that I'm thinking about. Um I'm just trying to like test the market again and mm-hmm. see if if it would be a good idea, if people would be interested in it. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's such an exciting time, you know, to be alive. There's so many opportunities that you can find and then you can also create for yourself. So it's a it's a very exciting time. That's awesome. So tell us again where we can buy your books, how we can follow along with you and your motherhood journey and all that. Um, I'm really active on Instagram, bestmomideas.com. Or, sorry, not Instagram. <laughs> I am active on Instagram at bestmomideas. Um, I post like daily activities and things like that Mm -hmm. that are not in my book and then other things as well. Cool. And then my books are available on my website at Mm bestmomideas.com and on Amazon. Uh, There's a physical copy on Amazon and the Kindle version on Amazon. Awesome. And I'm looking at your Instagram right now and you have tips for curly hair. You have beautiful curly hair. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Do you have any tips for good curly uh, hair? <laughs> I just run gel through it and let it air dry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. But yeah, your Instagram is a great place to follow along because then you get like a visual of a craft of the day or an activity of the day or something like that and kind of just spur you, oh yeah, I, I could do that with what I have in my own home or oh, I could go to Michael's or the dollar store for, you know, those Easter eggs or, you know, whatever it is. So yeah. that's a, and that's a I'm a thing. pretty frugal mom. So most of my activities are things that are, are already at my house yeah. or that can be find, found at the dollar store. Awesome. I love it. I love it so much. Well, Autumn, this has been such an informative conversation. I always ask my guests one final question, and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Uh, I would probably tell myself to be more intentional with my time with my kids. Mm. Um, sometimes I get sucked into getting my like uh, chores done around the house, like, oh, it's I need to get these dishes put away or I need to check my email or 
oh, I just got a text. Right. Um, those kind of things. And so I would probably tell myself, like, those things can wait. You need to focus on your kids and the time with them because, I mean, how how long do your kids think it's cool to hang out with your mom? So all that time is so, like, little compared to getting dishes put away. Yeah. Yeah, I could not agree more. I could definitely be better at this as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, Autumn, so much for sharing more about your motherhood journey, about your books. I hope people will check that out if they're struggling with those types of activities. What a great resource you've created. Way to go. Thank you so much. That's so awesome. Have a great day. You too. Bye. So much food for thought in that conversation. I love it when somebody is passionate about a topic and they go ahead and do the extensive research, put together the resources, and then other people can benefit from it. Toddler activities is not my strong suit. My mom would be really good at this. She's a preschool teacher, but it is not my strong suit. And I'm so thankful for people like Autumn who I can go access her books and follow her on Instagram and get these ideas and implement them in my own home without having to reinvent the wheel. I'm happy to put on a podcast for you and share her with you. That is what I'm good at. She can do what she's good at and we can all benefit. So what are you good at? What are you really passionate about and how can you contribute those talents to the world around you? I challenge you to think about that question today and maybe come up with a way to use your talents in a new way. It could be seemingly small, but it could make a big impact. Just think about it. If you want links to anything that we talked about in today's episode, you can go to ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. You can also listen to episodes over there. Did you know that? If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDalquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Coming up next week, we have Kayla Amy. Kayla just had a new book come out called In Bloom, and it's a book about authenticity. It's about comparison. It's about confidence. Struggle with any of those? I do. We're going to talk about even the moment she had the day before our conversation that really called into question the confidence that she had within herself, even after writing this book. She's a beautiful writer. It is a really touching, wonderfully written memoir that I definitely recommend. And you're not going to want to miss our conversation. So I hope you'll tune in next week. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.